0: Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. ...in him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who f- fills all things everywhere with himself. Wow. What an incredible passage of scripture. So... Um, following in your notes, I I broke down some things that I want to highlight. And I can tell you we could spend the rest of our lives studying this passage and glean something new every time because it's the living word of God. And he reveals to himself as we seek him, he reveals himself to us. And it's powerful every time. He will never let you down. But what I wanted to do is some things that that jumped out at me regarding our value to God, regarding our relationship with God, regarding our identity, our DNA, our spiritual DNA. This passage is rich with what God thinks about us and how he values us. So in verse 3, it says he has given us everything, every spiritual blessing ever. Every spiritual blessing that exists is ours as his children. In verse four, he tells us that before the world was formed, he chose us to be holy and catch this, and without fault in his eyes. Wow, thank you, Jesus. I'm without fault in his eyes because he sees me through the blood of Christ, through the sacrifice that his son made for me. And he says, you are my child and you are without fault in my eyes. Thank you, Jesus. In verse 5, he decided to adopt us in advance and it gave him great pleasure. So those of you that know me know that my daughter is adopted. We waited a long time. We sought all over the world, China, Russia, Japan, uh, South America, Mexico, you name it, we looked for that kid. And we had many, many adoptions fall through, and it broke our hearts every time. But when we adopted her, it gave us great pleasure to adopt our daughter. And she is a delight in my life. And so again, me being an imperfect person, an imperfect parent with lots of flaws, if I can take that much pleasure in the adoption of my child, what kind of pleasure does God take in the adoption of his children? We have to walk in this identity church. We have to know who we are in Christ and walk with the confident assurance of who we are. Um, In verse 8, he says, he showered us with kindness and all wisdom and understanding. We have the mind of Christ. We need to walk in it. And again, part of it is our declaration. We have to be careful what we say. Verse 10, his timing is perfect and he will bring all things together under Christ. We can trust God's timing. We can trust who Christ is in our lives. Verse 11, he tells us that everything works for our good. Nothing life or the enemy or anything else that is thrown at us can change that truth. We can have confidence that God will take anything and turn it for our good. Now, I know probably everybody in this room has been in a circumstance where you've said, how in the world can anything good come out of this? And yet Christ promises us that he will make it happen. And it, uh, you know, there are times I think, Lord, I, I don't, there is no good in this situation. And he says to me, I know this is horrible, but I'm good. And I'm with you. I have not walked away from you. So I'm with you in this circumstance. And I will use what the enemy or the world or whatever has meant to take you out. I will use it to raise you up. In verse 13, it says he marked us with the Holy Spirit to show that we are his own. The Holy Spirit identifies us as his. And then verse 14, his spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. So we have the Spirit in us, we are identified as His, and that is the guarantee of our inheritance. You know, this world, people can really inherit some amazing things, like um, the Hilton estate, or you know, there's, there's some big estates out there where people get billions of dollars. It is nothing compared to the inheritance we get from the King of kings and Lord of lords, the God who loves us. All of that pales, all of it pales in comparison. And then in verse 17, it says that God gives us spiritual wisdom and insight so we can grow. If we want to grow in Christ, if we want to understand him, we just need to ask. We need to seek him out, read his word, and ask him to give us wisdom because it's ours. That's part of our inheritance. His wisdom and his guidance belongs to us. And so he does not withhold that from us, church. He loves us. Verse 18 says, he floods our hearts with light so we can understand the confident hope he's given us. And catch this. This is mind-blowing to me. We, we, the church, us, us, we peoples, okay? We are his rich and glorious inheritance. Okay, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm watching my confession here, but really, God? Like, I'm your inheritance? It's kind of meager, isn't it? And he says, no, I love you. You're awesome to me. I formed you. I made you unique. And you're my inheritance. Christ did what he did because of his love for us. It's mind-blowing to me. It's mind-blowing. And I'm praying as I've been putting this together. I've been asking God, God, give me a revelation of who you are. Because my mind is blown. Like, I'm not even getting it. This is so overwhelmingly powerful. I'm not getting it. So so begin to, like, like, be gentle because I'm kind of frail. But my gosh, Lord, give me an understanding of this. Because right now... I just, I'm just speechless over some of this stuff. Verse 19 and 20 says the same mighty power that God gives us raised Christ from the dead. We have the power of God living in us, the power that he spoke creation into existence, the power to heal, the power to walk in victory, the power that raised Christ from the dead. Again, we need to pray and ask God that this revelation would be made more and more in us because, again, it's mind-blowing. Verse 22, Christ has the authority over all things. So we know that. But it says for our benefit. Again, everything he does is for us, church. Everything. God loves us far more than we can comprehend. He is not mad at you. He is for you. You are chosen by him. You are empowered by him, and you are loved by him. So some of the things that I was thinking about, and again, as I was putting this message together, I'm like, Lord, you know, people are going through things, and they need to know. And so when I said God knows, and that person said to me, that doesn't help me, I encouraged them to get to know God better. Because when you really get to know God, that should encourage you. And so I want to say to you tonight, first of all, God knows your struggles. Yeah. Hebrews thirteen six says, so we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? So I decided to be a little vulnerable and share an experience. Before I came to work at the church, um, I worked for a company. It was a governmental agency, and I was the accounting manager. And we did, the year that I left, we did $126 million in one of the funds. And this was back in the mid-'90s. So it was mind-blowing, the amount of money that ran through that place. And so because it was governmental, it wasn't somebody's business that they made money and then they did what they wanted with it. It was governmental. We were held to standards and laws and regulations. But um, some of the... Mucky Mucks treated it like it was their business, and they found ways to basically break the law. So I'm doing the accounting, and I'm vexed. I'm like, gosh, man, we're not supposed to do this. And so I kept going to them saying, we're not supposed to do this. you know." And there's a thing called GAAP, G-A-A-P, Generally Accepted Accounting Principles. We were violating those like crazy. And it was my job to make sure we were right. And so I kept going to them and they got madder and madder and madder. And eventually they demoted me as the head of the department, stood in front of everyone, made me come out, and announced to everybody that I was being demoted, humiliated me. It was a horrible time in my life. Horrible. And I remember going to Pastor Howard and I said, My gosh, like <laughs> they're 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 killing me here. I'm I'm so um I'm so embarrassed. I'm just so humiliated. And it was such a stressful time. I had a migraine. And those of you that have suffered migraines, but I had a migraine at least three days a week. It was horrendous. I was constantly taking medicine. And it was just, um, you know, I would literally go into the bathroom and work and vomit because of the migraine. It was a horrible, horrible time in my life. And yet Pastor Howard said to me, God is going to make this right. You need to trust him in this because he has your back. And so I'm thinking, legalities? Like I'm going to get in trouble because I'm doing this stuff, and I'm making them sign off. I'm getting their signature. But then they said to me, oh, I didn't realize what you had me sign. You're not supposed to do that. That was in front of an auditor. And I'm sitting there going, you directed me to do that. That wasn't my idea. And he's like, no, you misunderstood. And, I mean, they threw me under the bus bad. So it was a horrible experience. But we needed that job. We needed the income. And um, during that time, we adopted Megan. And then they sent me a letter in the mail. Don't come back. They fired me. And so I thought, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do financially? God did a miracle in our finances. He met our needs in a glorious way. And about two years after all of that happened, they were um, investigated by the state. And all the things that I said, you're not supposed to do that. The audit's online. It's public. They got in trouble for all the things that I said not to do. So was I a little um, gleeful over the fact that they got caught? Yeah. But ultimately, I was just thankful that God got me through it. He helped me. He lifted my head, and it opened the door, actually, for me to work at the church because Pastor Howard approached me um, about a year after all of that. I stayed home with my daughter when she was little, and then he approached me, and he said, hey, you know what? We could really use some help in the office. Would you like to help John do the bookkeeping? And that's how I ended up being part of the staff at the church, and, you know, God did he redeemed me in such an incredible way, I never could have imagined that it would go that way. But God says, you know what? They're doing horrible things to you. And I'm telling you, I cried myself to sleep most nights. I was so humiliated. I knew what I was doing. And like—and he kept the, the one guy who was our chief financial officer he kept saying things to me and it was convoluted. And I kept saying, I know that that's not right, but he was very intelligent. And so he twisted me in knots all the time about what they were doing and why he could. And so, again, if you're experiencing or you have experienced horrible things like that, this says, What could uh, mere people do to me? You know what? God's got me, I'm his kid. And he took care of me through that. And even though I went through a horrible circumstance, I remember going to Pastor Howard's house after they fired me. And he said to me, he said, Rosemary, didn't you say that you thought that's what they were going to do? And I said, yeah, but the reality of it is just killing me. And so they just loved on me, and they helped me through it because it was really bad. I mean, I felt worthless. Like, I, don't, I have no gift. I have no talent. They've destroyed everything that I stand for, and I helped them do it. And it was a horrible time. But through it, God redeemed it. And now I, here I am today doing the work of the ministry, part of our staff, and, and loving what I do with God, loving it. So God has redemption for you, regardless of the situation. Um, He also, God knows your needs. In Philippians 4.19, it says, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ. I get my needs met from God's glorious riches. I don't think those are limited. There is no limit. My needs will always be met. There's not a single need that I have that God cannot provide for abundantly. Number three, God also knows your pain. In Hebrews 4.15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Jesus is our high priest. He came to the earth as a man. Okay? He was God. He was man. But he willingly emptied himself of his God ability. He did not walk the earth and do what he did with the ability of God in him. He emptied himself of that so that he would walk the earth just like we do with temptation, all of the, the sorrow, all of the things that he went through. You know, we lost a friend. Remember the temptation in the desert where he went 40 days without food? Some of us go one meal and we're hangry. You know, he went forty days for us, and the devil was relentless, tempting him. And he just gave him the word of God. He said, "This is what the word says, devil. I don't, I don't have to listen to you. This is what the word of God says." Um, <clears throat> and then, I did this one. I thought, "Oh, this sounds so scary. God knows your secrets." It's like rot row. Um, Psalm 139, one through six. Oh, Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. Have you ever had that still small voice say, don't say it? Don't say it. Uh, You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. So God knowing everything can be scary, but it really shouldn't be. He knows everything, and yet he goes before us to lead us. He follows behind to protect us, and then he places his hand of blessing on our heads. Again, too much to comprehend, but we just need to receive it by faith. God knows our desires. Psalm 37, 4 and 5. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desire. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. He really does get us. Remember, he walked like we walk, only he didn't sin. But he was tempted, just like we're tempted. When we surrender, he blesses. It's that simple. God knows your likes and dislikes, and he knows your gifts and talents because he gave them to you. That's part of your intricate makeup, your personality, your likes, your dislikes. All of those things are things that God gave you. Um, Not the ungodly ones, not the ones that we're tempted with that are self-destructive, but the things that, you know, it's um, like, again, think about Kathy Poole. You know, Pastor John said, oh, she loves volcanoes. And Pastor John loves watching his wife enjoy volcanoes he loves that he he gets pleasure just out of what she gets pleasure in cuz he loves watching how much pleasure she gets out of it see that's the heart of god it's like oh my gosh lord you know i love this like i'm i like i don't like crime but i like seeing it solved i feel like the the victim is vindicated and i just i feel a victory in that i enjoy that process and i enjoy the um cerebral process of like how it gets figured out i like that I don't know that I would ever be able to do it, but I love watching it, and I'm fascinated. It's like, wow, that guy really picked up on that. Like, I love that. And so that's something I enjoy. Some of you absolutely love coffee. I can't stand it, but some of you love it. And it's like, that's just a taste that God put in you. All of these things. And then we get pleasure out of things. God loves that. He put that in us. Um, okay, so I was going to tell you, Pastor Howard years ago shared shared the story when he was a new convert and um we think that uh we think we're getting away with stuff sometimes you know so he was a new convert he said when he first got saved he was still smoking pot and so he was being convicted god was dealing with him about it but he had kind of conveniently left a few joints in places just in case you know he needed it so one day, he decides he wants to smoke pot, so he goes out to a shed in his yard. They lived in Bullhead at the time. And he goes out to a shed in his yard, and he pulls the, the joint out from where it was, and he lights it up, and he's standing outside, and he looks up at the sky, and he cups it like, Oh. And then he goes in the shed and smokes it. And he goes, as if God couldn't see me cup it and go in the shed. But sometimes, I mean, we had a dachshund when I was growing up in New York, and next to our house was a um, field that belonged to the township, so it wasn't developed. It just had paths through it as people walked through it. And we had a dachshund, a mini dachshund named Oscar. And Oscar loved to bolt out the door, and so he did it so many times, and he would bolt. He never went in the street, but he bolted, and he went over to the field. And so the grass was about, was taller than him. You could see his black, you could see his black tail just kind of, you know, going through the weeds, and we're yelling, Oscar, you get in here, and he's just doing his thing, not listening to us. And I said to my mom, I said, he thinks because he can't see us, we can't see him. And, I mean, sometimes we do that. It's like we think God can't see us. He sees everything, and he loves us still. Amazing. So that should make us want to go towards God, not away from him. We should be walking towards him because he loves us. Um, And he knows our, oh, I already did desires, huh? Okay. Pastor John, this weekend, he used this passage, Revelation 3.20 behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Wow. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords is waiting for us to open the door. He won't barge in. He'll knock incessantly, but he won't barge in. So we have to take the step to say, okay, Lord, I'm inviting you in. And sometimes that feels very vulnerable because it's like, all right, now what's going to happen? I had a new convert say to me, I'm just afraid that he's going to tell me I can't drink. And I said, you know what? Why don't you let the Holy Spirit deal with that and you quit freaking out? And later on, they came to me and they said, you know, I don't want to anymore. I said, there you go. God's helping you. And when you want to, you ask God, help me to get over that desire. This is not something that's good for my body and my body is the temple of the Lord. So, you know, whatever it is that your struggle is, whatever it is that your secret is that God already knows, because it's not secret. He sees that cup, okay? He sees it. So, um, but whatever that challenge is in your life, lay it at the feet of Jesus. He's powerful. He empowered us with everything. All the power that he has, we have. And so um, he wants to be with us. He wants to be with us. So the scriptures that we looked at tonight were actually just a small sampling of all the passages that talk about what God thinks of us. Um, And it's all good. We should not walk in fear. Should we have respect, reverence, and awe? Yes. But fear of our perfect Father who loves us enough to send Jesus to die for us? No. We should not be afraid of him. So I'm going to give you a little homework Um, over the next several days or so. I'm going to ask you to read Ephesians 1 and Psalm 139. Those are both powerful passages. We read Ephesians 1 tonight. We read part of 139 in Psalms. But um, pick different versions. Pick your favorite version, however you want to do it. And just ask God to help those truths to live in you. Um, Read it as often as you can and ask him what it means to your life. And I pray that this is a powerful encounter for you let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for the revelation of your love. Thank you for the revelation of who we are in you. And so I pray tonight, God, that as your people seek your face, as they surrender to you, that you will do miracles in their lives, that you will show yourself faithful, that you will show yourself good, that you will demonstrate your love because you are there for us and you love us. We thank you for this. Go with us tonight. I pray for those that are watching online that you would minister to their hearts and that you would touch them right there wherever they are watching. We thank you for this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Good night, everybody. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.